This is the story of a ragtag bunch of church members who set out to perform a Christmas play and the director who tried his hardest to just keep it all together. The glory of Christmas. Hi, my name's Joel. I'm the director of our church play, The Glory of Christmas. This is my 12th year. We're okay, just the stained glass window. It's going great. Uh, the only thing that we lacked was uh, someone to play the role of Mary up until yesterday, but then I found her and she, she's perfect. I got the role of Mary because I'm 31 weeks pregnant. Yep, two kids in college and then surprise. We're just so, we're so full of joy. I, I can't act, Joel. There's no way I can sell this. No, 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 not true. Your audition was fantastic. How can it be me? How can I be highly flavored by God, did I just say flavored? Why can't I stop talking about food? Uh, She's oh. perfect. Oh, hey, you're, you're Joseph. Mm-hmm. I'm Heather. I play Mary, your wife. Oh! Mm-hmm. I remember you. Oh? You played Bunko with my mom. You know, what is Bunko? Mm -mm. Nice to meet you. Mm -mm. You must mentally sink into her situation. Yes, yes. Go spend the night in a barn somewhere. The hay will trigger something deep within you. Sorry. Yeah, it'll trigger something. Trigger something that don't need a hand in histamine. Mm. This is good. I'm the least likely person to play Mary, let alone deliver the Son of God. I'm a middle-aged former soccer mom. And the truth is that this baby disrupted some pretty amazing plans we had for our lives. Things we've been looking forward to for years. Okay, Mary and Joseph, let's take it back to scene 11. Scene 11, please. Maybe that's how Mary felt. Maybe people stared, unsure of what to tell her. Maybe she doubted. Maybe she doubted, even though God told her not to fear. And then she trusted. She trusted, she trusted that what God was doing would bring the greatest kind of joy if she would just let go, let go of her plans, her questions, and... There we go. Just let the good shepherd carry you. <laughs> let the good shepherd carry me. <laughs>
morning, everyone. Well, did you have a good Thanksgiving? Good. Look, can I take three minutes and tell you about mine? <laughs> okay. Well, I cooked for three days, which probably means nothing to the men. <laughs> but I cooked for three days, and so my husband and Quentin are out hunting. Hunting, hunting, hunting. Every night, every morning, at noon, all day long. So anyway, so I've cooked for two days, so Pete calls me up in the evening. Now, he has helped me when he was home the last day. He helped me. But, so I have to give him credit for that. We worked him like a dog, Nikki and I did on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, yeah. But the day before Thanksgiving, I've worked for two days preparing, so he calls me up. They're on their way back from hunting, and he says, well, what have you got for supper? I've made pies. I've made stuffing. I've made all these dishes and things. And he asked me, what do you have for supper? I was ready to kill him. And I said, go and buy something. And he said, oh, okay. <laughs> so I think I'm going to have to stop letting Quentin my grandson, run around with him. Because when Quentin was three years old, he grabs my face like this, lays a big kiss on me, and says, now, Mom, Mom, you go cook. I'm going to go play golf. So see, they're rubbing off on each other. They don't need to be with each other. So you're grounded. <laughs> I'm teasing you. No, it's the truth. Everything I told you is the truth. But I'm teasing. He's not grounded today. We'll let him slide. Okay, we'd like to welcome all the first-time guests here this morning. We are so excited and happy that you have joined with us. And if you would be so kind and look in the pew, the back of the pew, in front of you, there is little cards, and if you will fill that out, and just it'll say first-time guests, and if you'll fill that out, and drop it off at the Welcome Center. When you leave, we will be able to know you are here, and we will be able to pray for you. All right? And everybody needs prayer, right? Absolutely. We also want to welcome all of you live streamers out there that have uh, joined us today. We uh, know that you'll be back next week. Some of you might be a little under the weather. Some might not. They just had something to do, or they're coming from a certain maybe their family or whatever, but we will be excited to see you next week. All right? Okay. All right, guys, now next Sunday, right after church, <clears throat> we will be making fruit plates for our kids' church, and they're going to take it to two different nursing homes in our community. Fruit plates. Isn't that nice? So we're asking you if you'll help us. Really, we've got 100 fruit plates to do. And if each family would only do five, I mean, that wouldn't take hardly any time at all. So we're asking you to do uh, come after church and help assemble fruit plates. And uh, our worship in motion team will be headed out uh, that day, and they're going to be loving on the residents there in the home, okay? So uh, we want to help spread the joy during our Christmas season by giving them a fruit plate and some candy. 
When I get old, 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 if I'm not going to be in a nursing home, but when I get old, 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 I would like for kids to come and give me something, right? And, and dance and do their little thing. I think it would be great. All right, so I really need you guys just maybe five fruit plates, you know, and that'll be quick, it'll be easy, and you're out the door and going to eat, okay? Now, this year, we're having two Christmas Eve services available for you to go to. One is at 4 p.m., and the other one is at 6 p.m., okay? And both services will be having communion, Christmas music, a gospel message, and candlelight at the end, okay? And in between these two services, we'll be having, and David, it's not for you, Christmas cookies. David knows I love him. Uh, <laughs> Christmas cookies and uh, coffee and eggnog and hot chocolate will be available in the lobby. Then the next day at 10 a.m., we will be having a Christmas Day service, all right? And uh, so it's like our Christmas Eve ones, except there won't be any candlelight. But, you know, we got to just show the Lord that we love him, and he's the most precious thing in our lives. Without God, I have no idea where I would be this day. My husband would have no idea where he would be. He'll tell you, I'd probably have been in prison. He would, if it wasn't for Jesus. Listen, I love him with all my heart, all my heart. So, Psalm 66, 4 says, All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing unto thy name. So let's just worship him today and sing unto his name. Okay? All right, let's worship. Well, if you would this morning stand, if you're able, we're gonna worship in spirit and in truth with all that we are this morning, amen? Hallelujah. Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you for the opportunity to be here and worship you. We thank you, God, that we can gather together as a family of faith and bring honor to your name. Lord, let this entire day be about you and what you have for us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place that you would bear my cross you would lay down your life that I would be set free sing that this morning worthy is the lamb who was slain voices lifted on high worthy is the king who conquered the grave worthy is the lamb who was slain worthy is the king who conquered the Most beautiful, 
so high love it seems to you
Father would say to us today that I hear and I rejoice in your singing of your love for me. But my children, I want you to know that I'm singing my love over you. The cross and its display of love as my son, son bled and died for you was just the tip of the iceberg of the great love that I have for you. There's no end, there's no depth that's too deep for my love to reach. So child, come back to the house of love. Come back to the Father who's looking for his ones who have lost their way. The only thing you will find is love. Child, come home to love today. Come home to love today. It's never ending. Come home today. forth today is an unction for you and I. And I hear the Lord saying to us this morning that it's not just for those that don't know him. And that maybe you've gone away, but maybe it's that you know him and you've just grown cold. Maybe it's that you know him and what you were doing, you just, yeah, I'm taking a back seat. Maybe it's that you still come to church, you still go through all the motions, but literally that's what it is. I checked off church because it's what I'm supposed to do. God wants to know us. He wants you to know him, his nature, his attributes, his character. He doesn't want you to know about him, but to be in love with him. Maybe that's you today and you're just like, you know what, today, the weekend of Thanksgiving, I'm going to come back home. I'm going to recommit to say that I really do know how to follow you. I've just been lax. I haven't been the best you that I could be. I've just been acting like you. But it's really not sincere. Listen, we've all been there. We all have to reconnect. We all have to re ignite the passion that's in your heart he's not angry with you he's not mad he's not hesitant to receive you back in fact he's standing with open arms his word just came forth and said you're singing to me even if you're going through the motion this morning you're singing to me but I'm singing over you he thinks you're beautiful he sees you victorious in every sinful temptation you fall. 
the beauty of what he created and said, that's my kid right there. There's potential. They just got to turn around and recommit. If you feel that drawing this morning, I'm not saying you're a thousand miles away. I'm just saying, you know that God wants more from you today. And today you're going to say in front of your church family where there's love, there's safety, there's mercy, and there's grace. No judgment here in the fact that we've all been in this place before. And we've got to turn around and look back home because there's hope here. Just take a step. Take a step and come down. I just want to pray with us this morning because I'm telling you, the work of the Lord is here. The presence is here this morning that maybe what you committed to before and weren't able to hold, that today you can. There's an anointing in the house today for this. If you feel the drawing, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Sing it again. Here they come. It's beautiful, dearest Father, dearest Father, closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful. We recommit to you today, God. We hear your calling, God. We say yes to you. We say yes to you today. Father, we come before you this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, you see those who have responded to the call. They're responding, God, to what you're doing in their lives, in their hearts. God, bless each and every one of them, God, with a new, found fervency and desire. God, one that seeks after you. God, a heart that's been Welcome to the family. God, you see the desires their weakness. Oh, but we see your strength, oh God. Rough road. Rough road, says the Lord. There will still be struggle. still be trial. But I will be with you, says the Lord. Relinquish your own way.
restoration, that you're going to pave a way. I see you with a big sickle, like these things that they used to cut leaves and trees down with, like to make a path through a wilderness. God says that you're taking new ground in him, and you're going to take it for the generations that's with you, because you can see where they need to be. as a word of encouragement. This song says just one look and everything changes. But then it says, dearest father, God isn't looking for just one look with us. It says he is jealous for time with us. And church, I think it's time that we're jealous for time with him. I don't want just one look from my father. I want to dwell with him. I want to be with him. I want to come home to him. I don't want just one look and then I'm done for life. Check in the box. I want to dwell with him. God is asking us to be jealous for time with him. Amen. Amen. With just one look, everything changes. I 
Hey, if if you uh, if you responded today and you gave your life to Jesus, we'd really love to talk with you a little bit more. So Pastor Nicole's right back at the uh, main entrance to the sanctuary, right back there. If you came down and you made a decision for Jesus in any way, we would love to come and talk with you just a little bit more. So for right now, you'd move that direction. That would be wonderful.
joy in the house of the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Good morning. I am Ray. I am here to talk to you about tithes and offering. I have these things sticking out of my ears. Apologize. Um, if you need a tithe and offering envelope, they're in the back of the pew in front of you. And if you're in the front row, you don't have a pew in front of you, so you can raise your hand and get one. And uh, these folks will deliver one to you. Wow. Um, I just have one desire, only one thing I seek, just to dwell, dwell, dwell. Every time we sing that, I just, it's just, if we could just dwell, dwell, dwell forever with him. Um, I'm here to talk to you about something pretty fundamental this morning, and I won't take long to do it. And they haven't started the timer, so I have unlimited time. Just, I'm kidding, kidding, pastor. Um, we attend Only Believe Ministries Christian Center, Only Believe. And um, everyone here um, has probably believed in their hearts that Jesus is a Savior that has risen from the dead, and you've confessed with your mouth that He is your Lord and Savior. So you've believed unto salvation, correct? How many believed unto salvation? Everybody. Even if you didn't raise your hand, I don't believe you. Um, so if you believe that you were saved, you have the spirit of the living God within you, and you are the temple of the living God, right? You are his temple. You are, we are all his temple. Woo! That's, uh, that gives me the shivers. But we're all his temple, so we have the same spirit in us that raised Jesus from the dead. Wow! That's amazing. Uh, we're the earthen vessels containing his spirit, right? And we believe from Genesis to Revelation that this word is true. What? Oh, okay. I think I heard an amen. We believe this word is true from Genesis to Revelation. We believe every jot and tittle of it. I do. Um, we believe Jesus is the living word. And it's no coincidence you're sitting under the living word today. Right here on this pulpit... You're under the word because of what he did on the cross, because of what he did on the cross. So if you believed unto salvation, you are the temple of the living God. You have the same spirit that raised him from the dead. You have the same spirit that created all the miracles we read about in the Bible. You have the same spirit that goes with pastor overseas and creates miracle after miracle after miracle. Miracles are today. They're for real. You see them on the screen. You hear the testimonies. They're for real. So uh, we believe that he was a sinless sacrifice for us, and he loved us before we even knew him. And he commands us two things. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. I might have that mixed up, but you know what I mean. And love your neighbor as yourself. So our first responsibility is to this, this church. And I know we're the church of Jesus Christ, but this church, thank God, we sat under the anointing of amazing pastors who gave their lives to Christ years ago and were faithful and true to raise up a church in a cornfield. It's amazing. It's been such a blessing in Annie's life and mine, my wife and I, just such a blessing to be here and be part of this church. So if we believe all of that, um, then we certainly will believe Malachi 3.10, right? Bring all the tithes in the storehouse and test me, prove me on this. So the God of creation says, test me. 
I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, I don't know about you, but I'm like, what? <laughs> he says, test me. So, test him on this. If he will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot contain. So if you think about blessing, you've got, you know, your family. You've got the time here on earth. You've got your friends. You've got your kids. You have your spouses. You have money. You have all of these blessings. And he blesses us so that we can be a, a blessing. Yes, he blesses us so we can be a blessing. So I equate this to a football game. I'm sorry, this is a little twist. But if you're in a football game and you're a wide receiver, you only get two, three times a football game to really make a play that makes a difference. But we as Christians get a chance every week to make a play that makes a difference. And this is it. And the Lord is looking down from heaven. It says he peers over the edge of heaven and looks down, sees us all, and he sees our faith in action. And faith without works is dead. So as you bring your tithes and offerings forward this morning, just uh, bless him and tell him you love him and tell him you'd love to dwell, dwell, dwell with him forever. So let me uh, pray for you. Uh, Lord, we just come to you today with grateful hearts. We're grateful for everything you've done for us, Lord. We're grateful for the things that we don't even think about anymore. We maybe take for granted. We're grateful for the blessings you've bestowed upon us. We're grateful for the people that you put in our paths that we can bless then. Father, we're grateful for the, for the principle of sowing and reaping because you said you would multiply the seed sown. And Father, so as we bring the tithe, the holy tithe forward today, I ask that you rebuke the devourer and, and I ask that you bless the people that tithe. And as the offerings are brought forward and the gifts are brought forward, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are the God of multiplication. And thank you for that, Lord. Just bless everyone. Bring your tithes and offerings forward in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Have a bittersweet announcement. A longtime member, faithful, Carol Dosick, went home to be with Jesus early Saturday morning. She served faithfully in many capacities over the 30 plus years 
and of course she's going to be missed. She's my favorite sister-in-law, the only one that tried to get it over me and just never could. And uh, so arrangements have not been finalized at this time. You can check with the Gilberg Hartwig of New Bremen for details or go to Only Believe Ministries Christian Center's Facebook and the page will post a funeral arrangement when they are available. So please keep the family in prayer. Even though we don't lose them, we know where they went, it is still a burden. Amen? And uh, it is a time of bittersweet that we hate to lose people, but that's where she wanted to go, and that's where we are all striving for. Amen? Praise God. So, uh, go on site, you'll get more information about that. So, hallelujah. Where's Ashley? I'd like to have a song sung. If you want me to sing it, just stay where you're at, Ashley. But if you would like for these people to have some ears left, praise God. There you go. Hey, hey I got a, got a key. Hallelujah. No, no, Nikki, this is not the one. No, no, I told you what I would say to you. Get, you're as bad as your mother. We're trying to read my mind. It's mine. Hallelujah. We're going to sing the name of Jesus. I speak Jesus? Yeah. There you go. Hallelujah. Somebody said, oh my gosh, we worship so long. You going to complain in heaven? Come on, they, they might draft you into one of the elders. You'd be out there flying around all day long, not singing any different song, the same old song. Holy, holy, holy.
God. Hallelujah. Well, bless. Oh, I'm, I'm Eric. Where's Eric today? Oh, speak. There he is. Hallelujah. He's like a moving flash ghost. Not the one there and then gone. All right, we have uh, just come back from the Ivory, Ivory Coast. Yep. Abidjan. And Abidjan, and, but it was also Kuwait. Kuwait. It was, was Abidjan's a, a big city, but there's regions like New York City has Brooklyn, Bronx, something like that. It's like a borough of yep. Abidjan. Yep. And uh, it was a borough. That was the biggest marketplace ever. It's all in my life. <laughs> and, uh, but we had a lot of great things happen. Lots of miracles. Uh, we had a... Uh, about 85,000 in attendance. 85,000 attendance. One night we had no power. They One night we had sabotage. Someone sabotaged our generator, believe it or not, on a Saturday night. Uh, by the time we got there, we started the service about three hours late. crowd was only maybe about 10,000 that night because everyone thought the crusade was canceled. There was no lights, no sound. We had big LED screens. Uh, but that night we had saw lots of people get saved and lots of miracles happen. We had over 30,000 people come to Christ in this crusade, yep. over 30,000. Which is a, we give God praise for that. Yeah, yeah. Lots of miracles, lots Hallelujah. of miracles as well. I know we had, uh, I, remember, I remember a child that really touched my heart because I got a chance to interview people, pastor on the side. But uh, the mother had taken a child to a witch doctor, believe it or not, when the child was born. And the child, because of that witch doctor, had a hunch on her back like a lump. And that night, God instantly just dissolved that, 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 that hunch. It was gone. The spine was perfect. I remember another child, another boy that was uh, born, um, deaf and mute, nine years of age, never spoke a word, never heard. That night, heard for the first time, spoke his first words. Um, we had a woman that was paralyzed because of a car accident. Her left side was completely immobilized. She walks a platform the night to give God praise because yeah. her mobility was completely back. Lots of deaf mutes, yeah. lots of cripples walking for the first time. Uh, it was really an amazing service, Pastor. Yeah. God bless us over the five nights we were there. The leaders of the city came out. Yeah. Uh, Every uh, night. Pastor's been now nominated, I think, the, the prince, the king, and, and, and some other kind of uh, royalty uh, the denomination. But uh, they put him, a robe on his back. If you give me and, uh, any more stuff, I'm going to have to start a museum. I ain't got no room. That's it. It's, it's a, he, got, he, got, he got applauded by the... Tens of thousands there. The leaders yep. from the city came out every single night because they were so appreciative for the crusade taking place and the impact we were making there. And, and uh, out of that, the pastors got together that we ministered to. Yep. And they came together. They started a food program yes. and said that there's not going to be one child in uh, the borough of Kuwait. That, yeah, yep. of yep. Kuwait yep. that's going to go to bed hungry that's at right. night. They're giving away bags right. of rice, of oil, right. and water. So uh, we were very appreciative of that, that they took that up on themselves yeah. while we were leaving. We didn't fund any of it. They funded it themselves. Yeah. yeah, and then the last night we had the privilege of taking the service live into all the French-speaking uh, nations of West Africa, including France as well. So we have about 18 other nations. We had thousands of people respond to miracles taking place, lots of, lots of salvations as well. God was uh, wonderful to us, Pastor, as always, and we thank the congregation for allowing us to go because we yeah, couldn't do without absolutely. you. We appreciate your prayers and your support. Yep. And we have a video to show too, Pastor. Oh, yeah. Hey, quick, show the video. Then I'm going to preach to about one, and then we're going I'm 
just like he did with Ezekiel, he put a word in my mouth. I was speaking with an authority that I had never ever Nous avons quelqu'un ce soir. Actually, one of the leaders here in Kuwait. En fait, c'est l'un des leaders. He had prophesied for two years. Tonight, after prayer, he can see clearly. Ça fait deux ans qu'il peut pas voir. Ça fait deux ans qu'il peut pas voir. Mais ce soir, oh, c'est pas trop. C'est pas trop parce que j'ai commencé à porter les lunettes. Ça me fait deux ans. Oui. Vous pouvez pas lire de près. Pour l'heure, ça commence à aller. Après la prière. This woman came tonight. She's been deaf in her right ear for one month. Tonight, after prayer, the ear is open and she is healed. Pastor, cette jeune fille avait un problème de sudité au niveau de son oreille quoi? gauche ou bien droite? Now droite. she's been deaf in her right ear. Au niveau de son oreille droite, elle n'entendait pas. But tonight, mais ce soir, God opened up her ear. Dieu a fait son miracle, a ouvert son oreille droite. Come on, shout hallelujah. And when he hung up on that cross, Et quand il a été cloué à ce bois, he did not die for any of his own sin, but for ours. Il n'est pas mort pour ses propres péchés, mais il est mort pour les siens, pour les vôtres, pour les nôtres. And there's nothing that can wash away a man's sins except. Et au, aucun homme, aucun sang humain ne peut laver un péché. So if you'd like to Jesus Christ si tu es là ce soir, que tu veux recevoir Jésus-Christ de Nazareth, I want you to raise your hand up high right now. si tu as rétrogradé, que tu veux revenir au Seigneur Come aussi, on, je veux que tu lèves place. ta main, quel Come que on, soit là où tu up. sois. Tu veux donner ou redonner ta vie Jesus. à Jésus, lève ta raise main là où tu es. Now will you please stand up? Est-ce que tu peux te tenir debout de ta place? Your hand is up. Please follow it right up here. Tiens-toi debout de ta place, toi qui veux donner ta vie à Jésus ou la redonner à Jésus. Tiens-toi debout, n'est pas honte. Now I want to invite you to come right up here. Prends ton courage à demain et puis cours viens ici, viens vers ici. I want to pray with you. On veut prier pour toi. So please come. Est-ce que tu peux venir ici? Come, you're receiving Christ. Tu vas recevoir Jésus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I never get tired of seeing people get saved. Somebody would say, well, they don't really get saved. Listen, 
15 years. I've been doing it for 25. But 15, 20 years later, men will come up and tell me they got saved in a crusade, went home and started the church. And they, tomorrow, I will be preaching to a thousand brand new believers. And uh, they are still using megaphones that we gave away 15, 20 years ago. Listen, it is continuing. And it continues to go on and they are just as saved as you are. And this is done through the process that Paul used in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. So it worked then and it'll work now. So let's turn our Bibles to 2 Timothy 3.1. We're going to wrap up this uh, series that we've been doing on uh, generosity. We're going to end it with thanksgiving. We have just finished and come out of, and of course we are the only, uh, really the nation that celebrates thanksgiving in a way that we do. And uh, every nation has their own tradition and so forth. But let me say what thanksgiving is. It is an active gratitude. Thanksgiving cannot be silent, nor can it be inactive, or it's simply not gratitude or thankfulness. Uh, then it means to be generous. It means to be mindful, constantly mindful of favor. That's what causes people to be thankful because they dwell on the things that they are grateful for or that favor has done for them. It means acceptance by others. Acceptance. Then it means to be a benefactor. Somebody that receives benefits. People that receive benefits are thankful. You know, I have thankful grandchildren. If I buy them a, a Diet Coke, going through McDonald's, they say, Papa, thank you. Now, if they weren't thankful, they'd be thirsty. Yeah, you can teach your children to be grateful and thankful. Amen? Uh, also, it means to have a generous or a grateful language. Now, there are many languages that we use. We use actions as language. So if you give something to somebody, sow a seed, that is thanksgiving. That is thanksgiving. In 2 Timothy 3.1, it says this, Know this also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. That means perilous simply means dangerous. Not only is it spiritually dangerous, which is far more uh, weighty than just being dangerous to your physical life. You know, we are not to fear those that can just take our life. We are to fear those, which is God, that can take our life and cast us into an eternity without God. But it says that there are dangerous times coming, and certainly we are in dangerous times. 
I hear about horrific murders taking place in our nation and across the world. And in every state, it seems like that it's almost accepted as a way of life. And then we see crime is so uprising because there is no penalty for it. And so, you know, people go in, I think they can steal up to $1,000 and have no charges pressed. I wish that would have been in store when I was a sinner. But it wasn't, and uh, so I'm here today. So, men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemy, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. They have no natural affection. They're truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than the lovers of God. They may have an expression of a form of godliness, but they refuse to meet the requirements of God's rulership in their life. For this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lust. Unthankfulness. We have and are being infiltrated by that unthankful disease. And it is contagious. It will get on people. We have a generation that is an expectant generation, yet not thankful. That's why it's important that you and I raise our children with a spirit of gratitude, a spirit of thankfulness, a spirit that gives reverence and expresses their gratitude towards us and to those you know, I, I, I go into a bathroom. Somebody's cleaning the bathroom. Uh, you know what? I'd say, hey, thank you. I've taught my grandkids. Tell that guy thank you. You know what? This place would be a swine hole if it wasn't for him in here doing his job. You think it's minimal. You think that it's menial. You think that it's not important. You need to be grateful to the man or the woman that is making some place respectful and uh, open to you and clean enough for you to use. Somebody's got to do it. Amen? You say, but I'd never work like that. You don't know what you would do if you got hungry enough. Amen? And if Phyllis made what some of these janitors made in Ford and, you know, all that kind, I'd put her to work. But she doesn't. So, now understand that unthankfulness is the work of the enemy. He is the God of this world, and he blinds people. Least they would see the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. The glorious gospel. See, when you begin to realize how grateful that you are, how blessed and how favored you are, that causes a reservoir of thanksgiving. Now, that should alarm us that if we 
are losing our gratitude or thankfulness to what God is doing in our life, what others do in our life. We have the murmuring, complaining, you know, uh, just bad attitude about everything that's going on. There's something wrong with what is in you. Could I get an amen? Because we do speak with the abundance of our heart. And so we want to make sure that we stay thankful. Let's go to Colossians 2.6. Thankful. Somebody say thankful. When we come in together into the house of the Lord, we should be thankful. We should have a thankful spirit, first of all, that we live in a country that we can still come together and to worship. Well, I just don't like how our country is going. I don't either. But you know what? I'm still grateful to be here, and you haven't moved. Yeah, please. That's like complaining about your wife and asking her to cook supper. You know, come on. Be grateful, thankful for what you have. Amen? I don't agree with everything in America. I don't agree with half of what my wife does or says or cooks. But I'm thankful that at least she was blind enough to marry me. And I'd much rather be in a marriage with her than somebody else. Thank you, Eric. Can you hear me? All right, praise God. All right, Colossians 2, 6. This is where many of us stop our spiritual growth. It says this, And as have we have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and builded up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with what? Thanksgiving. You know, thanksgiving should be abundant out of our mouths. I'm thankful for so many things. I was going down the road the other day, and I just thought, you know, God, I'm a blessed man. I live a blessed life. I have favor with people. And then it says this, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit, and the traditions of men after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. We are to be thankful. And when you have a thankful spirit, you know what? You will be faithful wherever you are. Complainers split and run. Thanksgiving people filled with gratitude do not, they prove their faithfulness to God. You know, giving thanks is a place of activity that deepens and broadens our faith in Christ. Our faith in Christ. What would men tell you to do? Oh, you did that yourself. I remember a politician one time said, oh, you didn't build that business by yourself. You built it with somebody else. Well, let them take a cut in pay like I took a cut in pay to build something. 
We know that that's not true, but we ought to be thankful for what God has done for us. Amen? It expresses, this is what thankfulness does. It expresses our faith in God as well as his faithfulness to us no matter what is happening. In other words, when you start walking with God, you're going to come under attack. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But God delivers us out of them all. But the Bible tells us that we are to be thankful in all things. Thankful in all things. What does that mean? You know the battles that you are engaged in? You may know the outcome because the Bible said this is what's going to happen. So you know the outcome while you're in the battle, but you don't always know the turn that the battle is going to take. And sometimes you just got to hunker down and declare thankfulness because God is faithful. You may not know what's going to happen. You may not know how the enemy is going to attack. The Bible says they'll come out against you one way. There's many times 10,000 will fall at one side. Another side will be filled with slain enemies. You don't know the snares that you're going to fall into. But wherever you fall, be thankful that in the midst of it, God has made a covenant with you that he will always cause you to triumph in Christ Jesus. Didn't say that you were going to know all of the ways, but you do know that it's going to come out victorious. So don't destroy your faith by becoming unthankful. Be thankful. Know that God is still working even though you think he's not even on the scene. So be thankful. You will grow in your faith. You will establish yourself as a faithful person to God. We are receivers of the benefits of that cross. We are receivers of the benefit of that cross. I don't know what state you were in when you got saved, but when you look at this cross and you can turn away from it and be unthankful, there really is a problem in the reservoir of what you have seen God has done for you. Now, Nikki, there you go. When I see this cross, I see deliverance. I come from a family where one time a quarter of the family was in jail, in prison. I come from a family that my brothers were drug addicts. Then they were narcs. Then the feds caught them dealing in drugs on both sides. I come from a family 
that was filled with things that are forbidden with the world. Prostitution, lesbianism, homosexuality. How did I make it? Someplace along the line, I looked at this cross. And in that cross, I remember that I've been redeemed. I'm thankful. David, do you remember the day that you were set behind bars? Your wife had divorced you? Yet somebody came and witnessed to you about Jesus. And David Hewitt got saved. In a cell. And remarried his wife. Continue to pray for her. But I can look around and I can see people. That God has transformed your life. I look at that cross and I see deliverance. I see healing in my life, in my family's life, my wife's life. I see what Jesus did for me. It's not just a piece of wood, but it is God's voice to me that says, Son, I've shed favor upon you when you were yet an enemy i showed you favor without boundaries some of you you look at the cross you remember god healed your marriage god brought your children home god broke alcoholism god broke drug addiction God broke poverty. When we look at the cross, are there no other words that we can express besides complaints? Can we not express thankfulness for God himself coming, shedding his blood, dying for my sins? Washing away my sins at a price that silver and gold could not purchase. Can I not look at the cross and be thankful that when God forgave me, all guilt has been gone? I do not live as a condemned man, just freed. I'm not an ex-sinner. I have been deemed by God himself, his son and his daughter. Can we not look at the cross and remember that Jesus bought victory for us in every battle before it's ever been embraced or released against us? I Paul and Silas sang. What do you think they sang? Oh, woe is me. No, I believe that they sang praises. God, thank you that you are with us in this dungeon. Thank you, God, that though we cannot see a way before morning, 
you will make a way. Though we face death, we will not grumble, nor will we fear, nor will we be moved. For God, it is in you do we trust, and you are faithful. And whatever the end of my lot is, God, at the end of the day I will say, it is well with my soul. When we look at the cross, should we not be filled with thanksgiving that cannot be silenced? Remember, it is a language that expresses gratitude. The cross gave me sonship. Sonship with God. He protects me. He keeps me. And because of that, I offer up the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of my lips. And I give him expressions of my gratitude. I communicate with God. I do good because he has changed my life. Therefore, I understand that God is my refuge, my rescue, and God is well pleased with sacrifices of thanksgiving in the middle of your storm. In the middle of your storm. time you're in a battle don't look at how much water is in the boat look at the cross it is a place of thanksgiving the world may never have discovered what Jesus did for them and you once walked in darkness but you are no longer bound by darkness you walk in the revelation of what the cross has did for you and I. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Jesus gave himself for you and I. 
that he might present us before the Father. Ex-enemies of God, cursers and blasphemers. Yet Jesus shed his blood that he might present us pure, holy, spotless, without blame. Unashamed of who we are because of what he had done. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, in everything. Oh, no, 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 I don't want to give thanks in everything. No, you give thanks in everything and for everything. Why? Because there's nothing the adversary can do that God has not made a way of escape that will bring a fallen prison, that will bring a stilled storm, that will bring a refuge on a beach, that will not cause you to come out better than you ever went in. Give thanks where you are. Don't regret where you are. Don't surrender to complaint, but give thanksgiving. Thanks be unto God that giveth us the victory in Christ Jesus over death, over the grave, and gives us eternal life. I'm thankful. I am thankful. Once a year, Thanksgiving comes. In Leviticus, the seventh chapter, there is the progression of Israel establishing fellowship with God. Started out with bring a sin offering. Leviticus, the sixth chapter. Then Leviticus 7 says, and if you've trespassed, if you've trespassed against a man, a woman, bring a trespass offering. And then bring an offering of peace. And in that peace offering, the assurance that I am faithful, you can declare it a thanksgiving offering. Just to say, God, thank you for redemption. Thank you for purity. Thank you for a way of escape. Thank you that I don't live under the curse. And then the last portion of the offering was the offering of fellowship. Fellowship. That's what the cross is all about. It bridges the gap between fallen man and a resurrected Christ. And in America, we usually don't do many things for Thanksgiving except eat. But every year, I receive a Thanksgiving offering, and I wouldn't care if it was $10, $2, $1. It is of a free will heart. And it has to be an expression of something that you are thankful for. 
And so today I'm going to ask you to sow a thanksgiving offering. To say, Father, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. You know, about a month ago, I went and seen a man I worked with. He was a Baptist. I overlooked that. He was in the old folks' home. His wife had died. His children had all moved away. None of his children were serving the Lord. We started talking, and I said, Rodney, I want to thank you. He said, for what? I said, you know, you sit here in this room. And you probably think that you have made no significant impact on the world. But I remember those days in the foundry where we walked, worked side by side. You told me how to chew tobacco and uh, taught me so many things. But the best thing you did was those two years you challenged and helped form my faith. You would challenge what I said I believed. And you know, Rodney, my wife and I are still serving the Lord. My daughter is saved. And he said, great. I said, I thank you for my grandchildren. Each one of them is serving the Lord. Not that they don't take vacations and become knuckleheads, but they're serving the Lord, Rodney. I said, and Rodney, we've won almost five million people to Jesus Christ. I said, Rodney, not one of those people would have ever heard the gospel if you had not witnessed to me, shared Christ with me, and taught me the importance of memorizing the Bible. And he began to weep. And I began to weep. For someone to think that they were so useless. But I would never have made it if it would never have been for Rodney Turner. I wouldn't have made it past six months. Never had been saved longer than six months. But he was there. And I'm so grateful. And I told him, Rodney, I thank you for three generations coming to know Jesus Christ and serving him. And we wept together. I'm thankful for Rodney Turner. Not for all Baptists, but for him. So today I'm going to ask you to give a seed, whatever you're grateful for. 
If you're grateful for one dollar, then give a dollar. If you're grateful for a hundred, then give a hundred. It's something that you have to express your gratitude. To say, God, this is a sacrificial thing. I thank you for it. Hallelujah. So, if you'll just get that offering ready, if I could have the buckets out here. Then, Nikki, you're going to come up here and talk flowery to them. And give, give them a yearly report. And when you get it ready, you can have them just bring the offering. Well, you got me all crying down there with your message. Didn't tell me it was going to be a tearjerker. Hallelujah. Amen. If you want to give your offering, that's fine. I need a pen. Someone give me a pen. Thank you. Hallelujah. I'll be the first one. Come on up, give your offering. And then we got, I'm going to not keep you long, but I need 10, 15 minutes of your time. I'm going to blaze, but this is a part of our worship to God. It's a beautiful time, something we've been considering in our family. Um, and Randy finally just looked at me during this and said, just give whatever you want. <laughs> Sometimes you got to put his arm in it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, ladies. Okay, so just for the sake of time, I'm going to go ahead and get started as everyone moseys back to the seat. So I'm excited that I get to share the annual review with the church. And I know for some of you, this might be new. If you've been in the church for years, you're like, why all of a sudden? Well, here's the deal. Are we concerned about numbers? Eh, no, but do numbers tell us if we're on the right track in what we're trying to accomplish? Yes, yes. Is it about the number of people in seats? How much money they get? No, that's not the numbers I'm talking about. I'm talking about numbers with the passion and the vision that we as a church have. So numbers reveal to us, are we putting a vision out there and are we running correctly in the right way? And if the numbers are trending in the right way, then we are getting it. But if they're not trending in the right way, then maybe there's something we need to step back and look at and say, maybe we need to do this differently. So I'm excited in the fact that I get to do this. However, before we start, I want you to know that everything in this book, all of it, is done by you, through you, and around you with the help of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me? All of this is done by you, through you, and because of you and the Holy Spirit with us. That's huge. That's huge. And you as a church should be proud of yourself when we get through this. So let me say thank you. Thank you for those of you that have invested your time, your talent. That means what you have to offer the kingdom and your treasure. And that's your money. I appreciate that. And you did make a difference, not just in this earth, not just in your church, but you laid up heavenly treasure 
for yourself in the way you respond and what you do with the action that God gave you, these giftings inside of you. And it's very, very important. But what is the heart of this house? It's very simple. One, the second you walk in the door, we want you to know God. Just what I said in that altar call today. It's not enough that we know about God, but we want you to walk with him and know him so that you can be like him and change what's around you. Number two, we want you to find freedom. We want you to find freedom from your past. We want you to find freedom from what really hurts you, what really tempts you, what things you struggle with. We want you to be free of financial struggle. We want you to be free of those relationship struggles. And the way you do that is by knowing God and using your faith to get through them with him. Amen. And so when you come to services like this, Pastor Dozik and the pastors of this church are going to institute faith into your heart so that you know what to do in the midst of a battle. Just like this right here, Pastor told us today that in every situation in our life, throw up your hands and give thanks. Right? Use your faith that in the midst of it, when it looks dark, when it looks black, when it looks bleak, that God says, I will prevail victorious. That's faith. That's for you and I. Thirdly, we want you to discover your purpose. You got to know what God wants you to do while you're here. And then do it to the best of your ability. Because he's counting on you. He's counting on Annie. He's counting on Gerald. He's counting on Ed. He's counting on every single one of us to do what he's asked us to do to usher in the coming of the Lord. And believe it or not, Every little thing that he's asked you to do is important to the kingdom in a really big way. And last but not least, make a difference with that purpose. Make a difference together. And that's what we do in this church. It's that simple. That is the heart and the vision of this house. We live by faith. We value relationships. And we rescue others. That's the goal here at Only Believe. And if, when you look at this booklet today, you're going to see that. So if you just open it up, our pastors gives us a good little word of how they love us and how they support us and they appreciate us. And you can turn on to the next page. And this is an exciting page for me because when we do what God wants us to do, 56 salvations came in through these doors. 56. Now, this is just your local church. This isn't across these. This is right here at your altar. And you know what that tells me? If you look at last year's numbers... It's bigger. You know what that says? You're telling people about Jesus. You're inviting them to church. You're inviting them to get saved. That tells me that you're taking the great commission that we're trying to put in your heart seriously. And that you realize that time is short and God is coming back. And we're supposed to take as many with us as we possibly can. You get it. And there were 42 salvations or baptisms. All of those were bigger than last year's numbers. You keep asking and they will come. There's a statistic out there that says seven out of 10 unchurched people that have never been invited to church in their whole lives will come if you ask. Seven out of 10, what? That's huge. To every home group leader, to every connect group, to every small group leader, we see you. You are amazing. And we know there are literally 380 
eight people went through a small group this year and found freedom in some area of their life. That's huge. That's huge. See, because when your marriage needs work and pastor talks on Thanksgiving on Sunday, your marriage didn't get fixed, right? You went home with the same marriage problem that you came with. And you wanted help with that, but you didn't know how to get it because pastor taught on Thanksgiving because there's only 52 weeks in a year. But when you give yourself over to a small group on marriage for 12 weeks, the Holy Spirit keeps his finger on your marriage. He digs out the root of bitterness, unforgiveness. Maybe that's what he's dealing with. And he brings it to the surface and says, you got to love her. And she's got to love you back. And you find freedom in that. Why do you find freedom in it? Because you can't give Jesus to anyone if you're bound by the devil in the area of your marriage. How can you tell someone else that God can fix their marriage if he can't fix yours? Right? So God's looking to heal us. He's looking to give us freedom in these areas so that we can go out and tell others about the freedom that he gave us and be his witnesses. So that's a huge thing. You home group leaders, I love you. I was you one day. I know what it takes. I see what you set up. I see what you tear down. I know what it takes in time, effort, and energy. And thank you. Because you provide a safe place for people to come and share. They get support. They get community. They get love. And they get food. And they're at greatest numbers we've ever had before. If you don't have a home group, please find one. And maybe you think you're a great host person. Then you should be a home group leader. That's easy to do around here. We always need more places and more homes for people to convene to just be together, to have community. It's huge. Dream teamers, you look at these funny pictures. I see us all. 346 of you volunteer in this church every single time. Is that not crazy? 346 of you. Most of you, I'm going to be honest with you, are in that children's church. And thank you. It's because of you that parents get to come out here and to learn and to seek after the Lord and to literally get delivered for two hours of their life every week. You didn't even get that. Come on, moms. This is your babysitting service. It's amazing. And they teach them about Jesus while they're here. 346 of you have discovered a purpose and applied it to your life. That's huge. That's huge. That means we're doing what God wants us to do. Go on to your next page. This is our kids and our youth. The next four pages, I'm sure some of you see your own kids in there. I see mine. There's Randy. Look, he's right there he is. He's having so much fun. I'm telling you, if he didn't get it all out in the children's church, I don't know that we could contain him at home. That's the truth. He is full of energy from the minute he wakes up till the minute he goes to sleep. But listen, the youth had an amazing year this year and the children's church. We had, if you look at their Aqua Grande numbers, we had 80 kids attend in the summer at our VBS. There were hundreds at Aqua Grande. You couldn't even count all the kids that were running around. And you ask, but Nicole, what is that? It's about their purpose. They need to know that serving God can be fun. It's not just about sitting in a chair and hearing a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's about having fun. They got baptized at Aqua Grande. They celebrated Vacation Bible School that, by the way, is written in-house um, by one of our Kenton Children's Church pastors, and he writes it, Jared um, Kaiser. It's amazing. Those kids are invested in this. And our youth group, Pump was off the hook this year, but the one thing that Pastor Tim was really proud in his heart about 
was that our kids went on a missions trip this year and they built handicap ramps, they redid front porches, they redid a back porch so that a lady could exit her house safely and they painted for some single ladies. But here's what he said, Nicole, they raised almost all their own money to do this. These are your kids. These are your youth. They're not just learning the Holy Ghost. They're not just learning how to pray. They're not just learning how to pray for the sick. They're learning how to serve people and to be a need in their communities. That's huge. This is the heart of Christ that's being exposed. The youth had a very vital part in our outreach program. The youth sat every single Wednesday down by the pool and gave out free hot dogs and prayer. With every hot dog, they would ask, can I pray for you? And then you have David. David, stand up. I know you don't like to be right here, front row. Head of outreach here, David Hewitt, and all of you families that volunteered on the hot dog cart. If there's anyone here, stand up. Stand up, because you are all probable. I know families dedicated their time week after week after week. Listen to this. 4,000. 4,350 hot dogs and 2,250 bottles of water were given out at the Sydney Farmer's Market. And you know what? If you're not there on a Sunday, they ask, where were you? Because you want to know why? We ask ourselves this question while doing outreach and only believe. If this church was gone from our local community, would they know we left? Would they even care? Because if the answer to that is no, then you and I have not been the voice of Jesus. Let me ask you this. Would your neighbors know? if you moved and would they care these are these are huge questions because i want my neighbor to know that i'm here to pray for you i want my neighbor to know that if you need help call me i'm here because i want to help you through it right you can see right here that we supported the Mercy House in Sydney. This is a one-stop shop. This is an amazing thing. If you want to volunteer, you're from Sydney, you need to be volunteering here. They will give you housing, clothing, food, and weight, a program to get you a job and get you reinstated back into society where you can contribute to the community. That's huge. It's not just a handout. They're teaching them to fish. They're not just fishing for them. There's multiple people in this situation that are mentally struggling, that don't know how to even get through their next day. David's also been down there doing that. They're, we're preaching there, sharing the gospel. Um, you gave $4,385 to stop human trafficking. Stop it. These people are saved because you gave the money to buy their freedom and get them out of the situation that they were in. You should give yourself a hand clap. This is huge. This is an injustice to God. Therefore, it's an injustice to you and I. That's huge. You should be proud of yourself. You gave $4,800 to a church in the Philippines that has a Bible college that goes all the way through and charges nothing for these students to come to learn about the gospel. You did that. There's so many good things that you did. I can't go through all of them. You gave 800 and some boxes of Kleenexes to the local school. By the way, next year, we're gonna not do Bakians, we're gonna do Bakians and one more. And we're gonna do two schools and we're gonna provide Kleenexes for everyone he knows. And you say, but Nicole, what is that about? It's about being generous. 
It's about letting those teachers and parents and the superintendents know that your local church cares about what you care about. And we know that you buy those Kleenexes out of your own pockets. And we know that you invest in the students, but we care about the students. And we want to invest in them. You blew me away. We would come in from work in the mornings and there are boxes stacked up from Amazon where people are just buying them and shipping them to the church. 840, I bet Amazon thought, what in the world are these people doing? They probably thought we were trying to hoard all these Kleenexes, you know, for, from the pandemic or something. We had a garden this year. You guys are aware of the garden. Look at this. I'm almost going to have you out of here. Four or five more minutes. We had a church garden. Pastor Randy had the idea we should do a garden again. I said, okay. He said, but I think we should give it all away. I said, well, we gave it all away the last time to the church. He said, no, we should give it away to the community first and let the church serve the community. And I went, that's brilliant. Although we picked and picked and picked and picked. And I'm going to be honest with you. There were times at the end of the season that if that green bean plant just got a little hard of a pull and I threw it off to the side, I was glad that green bean plant was not giving any more green beans. I was thankful for the harvest, but I was thankful when the harvest was done, if you know what I'm saying. And if any of you work a garden, you know what I'm talking about. Those beans gave and gave and gave. In fact, 580 pounds of green beans. Yeah, too many green beans. But thank you, we made a difference. The local mayor of Bakken's came down to the produce stand and he said, I don't know what you guys are doing, but thank you for helping our local community. There's ladies that have been, older ladies, that have been wanting to can but can't get out to pick it. You did that. You did that. All those people that met me in the garden at 6 a.m., I know, light didn't come up till 6.30. Didn't know that till I got out there, but thank you very much. You did that. You did that. And I know that there was a lot of people in the church that benefited from the garden. That's all fine and dandy. But with food at the way it was, the prices it is, we're going to do it again next year. And we're going to bless the local communities. Amen. And you also blessed Urbana community because Kylan packed up a whole bunch and took it to the church in Urbana. And they loved it. And they took it to their neighbors and gave it out. It was beautiful. So we just kept giving and giving. Today you saw Pastor Dosik with PDM on the video screen. I'm just going to say that was an amazing video. But these numbers are absolutely amazing. If you're looking at your booklet, over 75 million people were touched with the gospel last year. 697,544 salvations last year because of you. You paid for all those plane tickets. You paid for the sound system that those people listened with. You paid to truck people in from hours away to attend this meeting because they didn't have the money to get there. This is you. You did this. And this is huge. You should be very proud. Randy went to 14 schools in a day. Three days, sorry. Three days. Countless salvations of these children. I'm telling you, to watch the pictures will make you cry. Muslim children, hand over fist, 
coming to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Fathers coming to the night meeting and said, I want you to know that when my daughter told me she gave her life to Christ, I needed to know the man that told her about this Jesus. Because in a Muslim country, so you know, if a girl comes home and denounces the faith, he is to kill her or disown her forever. He accepted Jesus Christ that night. Said, if my daughter has enough faith to stand up and tell me that she accepted Jesus, then why shouldn't I? Whew! Isn't that amazing? There were 2,371 pastors ministered to. And know this, when pastors are ministered to, what they get, they take back to their churches. And they spread the gospel. And then those are ones. So it's not just a one and done. This continues to give generation after generation after generation. 12 remote villages, meetings in Pakistan. And you think this is crazy, but there's a picture in the right-hand corner. And that is pastor on the screen in a village where they're hunkering down to listen to the gospel in secret. So that no one knows in Pakistan so that they can accept Jesus. And that's how many times it was done in the remote villages. By the way, 500 Bibles every single time one of those meetings happened, there are 500 Bibles that are deposited into their hands so that they can go out and spread the gospel again. God is doing mighty things across our world, and you're a part of that. Acts tells us that Jesus went to his Jerusalem, his Judea, and his Samaria, right? He went to his city, his nation, and his international world, as far as his feet could take him. But our feet are planes, our feet are cars. So you have this call right outside your front door. That's your Jerusalem. Make a difference in your local city. If you don't live in Botkins, then make a difference in Sydney. You don't live in Sydney, make a difference in Walpock. Wherever you live, be Jesus. That's all you gotta do. And then international, PDM, oh my goodness. Thank you, Dad, for going. Thank you, Randy, for going. I'm not going. I'm glad you're going. Hallelujah. Amen. And then last but not least, you can go right here. And this is where does every dollar go in your church? Here's what I want you to know. Every year, your church is audited by an outside government or outside entity so that we know we are doing everything, every balance, every check, every system is in place and it's done with integrity. We want you to trust that when you give, like your Thanksgiving offering today, that you know it's being handled with integrity, with care, and with honesty. And this is important to us. This is transparency. This is showing you what happens to every dollar that you give to the church. And then there's the above and beyond. So this is above your insurance, your gas, the heat for the building, your building payment. By the way, if we retired the debt of this building, which is the only debt we own, that's it, just our building. Everything in here is paid for because you've paid for it. We retire the debt. Think of what we could do for the kingdom if we didn't have a building payment. Amen. Just think of the goodness of what that looks like. God's been so good. So above and beyond all of that, you paid $68,900 towards a bond. Now, I'm just telling you, by faith, on that record, I did the math. Next year, May, March, May, we'll be writing off another note that fast. It'll be gone. You can watch the thermometer go off out there or the building. I don't know what it is now. They change it around every once in a while. We added four new computer suites. You can see computers aren't cheap. 
And sweets just means everything it took to go with that computer. That's just a fancy name. And then we'll get to the new sound console. I know that number is about more than I can even swallow. But you yourself raised over $50,000 of that money. $50,000. Now, how something so small with 100,000 buttons on it can be so expensive, I don't know. But I think we're in the wrong business. Let me just say that. And we had some new units that went in, too, for HVC, and that was $12,674. Here's what I want to say to you. This is because of you. Spiritually, you are making a difference. You are adding to the kingdom of God every single day. Every tomato we picked, you might not have picked it, but every one you gave made a difference. Every dollar you gave made a difference. And I got to be honest with you, I am proud to be of only believe that we together with God accomplished what we did this year. You should be very proud. Church, you did a great job. Stand to your feet because I want to do one last thing before we leave this service. And this is important to me. As we were putting these numbers together and I saw the goodness of God in what we did and the goodness of what people believe in, I thought to myself, devil, you are one scared puppy. You got a church on the move, shaking a nation, shaking the international world, buying people out of slavery and human trafficking in the United States. You got a church that cares about abortion and the girls that are being taken advantage of and that are losing their mind and don't know what to do because they have no way out. You're giving money to help them get schooled and to find a way out. This is because of you. And then your cities are no longer the same. The devil's nervous. The devil's nervous about what you got inside of you. And this is proof of it. This is absolute proof. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm proud of you. We did it. Now, everyone together, I want you to say, devil, be afraid. Because only believe is on the move. Now give yourself a hand clap. You did this church. And I'm proud to be associated with you. Thank you so much for your time, effort, and energy. Go home. Be with your families. Don't forget, in the foyer on your way out, we have a little surprise. One of our people that got saved today would like to get baptized also and we've got another one already scheduled so if you want to see a baptism and be a part of the family and watch the outward expression of their inward change it's happening in the lobby we'll see you next week love you guys